This is the last Sunday of 2019, Shana 2019. And it has been a good and a hard and a rich and eventful year here at Broadway. And uh, I am, I don't know what is next, but I am excited to be a part of it with you. Really excited to be a part of it with you. Um, it's been a year of, of remodeling and rebuilding and refocusing. Uh, we, by God's grace, we, we completed the, the major part of our renovation project and did it with very little debt at the end of it, which is just an amazing thing that we can praise God for. Um, yeah, let's praise God for that. I... I do. I've talked with other church leaders, you know, about about that, that we a church our size, um, nearly a million dollar project. And it was done without almost any debt at all. And that's just not the way that things are done anymore. I think it's the right way to do things, but it's not the way things are done anymore. And I'm really uh, people are very surprised when I share with them what's happened in that way. And so thank you for your faithfulness and response to God and all of that. Uh, this fall, we focused on following Jesus together here at Broadway. We, we spent three months reflecting on the unique qualities that God has established in us as a church and talked about how we follow Jesus together through those qualities. And I just want to say as a pastor, it's, it's a blessing for me. Um, it's a unique blessing that I have to uh, to see both the big picture of the way that God is moving and working among us, how uh, he, he is moving among the men's ministry in a similar way that he is in the women's ministry and the way that he's uh, working with the youth in a similar way that he's uh, working with you know some other ministry that's happening. And the way all those things move together, it's um, it's awesome for me to get to see that that big picture. And then I also um, have the unique blessing of, of seeing the very specific things that God is doing in individual people's lives as they, they come to me um, hurting or just wanting to share something good that's happening um, and to see the ways that God is moving us um, as individuals in some similar ways. And so today I want us to I want us to remember to remember I thought that was pretty clever. Remember to remember. It's, it's good for us today to remember what God has done. And I want to do three kind of different things this morning. Uh, first of all, I, I want to talk about what the Bible says about remembering. And secondly, I want to talk about some practices of remembering that we have introduced to you um, over the course of this year. And then I want to, as, as your pastor, help name some things and to remember what the Lord has done among us this past year. So talk a little bit about what the Bible says about remembering, to talk about some practices of remembering, how we can remember to remember on a daily basis, and then to spend some time remembering what the Lord has done among us in 2019. So that's where we're going. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are, are, we are grateful for what you have done. I'm grateful for the ways that you have been moving in each of our lives to make us more like Jesus. We thank you for the ways that your spirit is filling our church so that our congregation is more uh, the church that you're calling us to be, more uh, the body of Christ here in our city and in our world. And so we, we say and we declare that that work is your work that you've done. And we, we ask as we 
listen to this sermon now and as we consider uh, the future that we're walking into, uh, we, we declare that we want to be a part of the work that you want to do. And so we, we submit to you. We are open uh, to you today. In Christ's name, amen. Would you turn with me to Psalm 77? I'm going to read this psalm out loud now, and then I'm going to come back to it at the end. Uh, But this is a wonderful psalm that speaks about the importance of remembering. Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night, and my heart mused, and my spirit inquired, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has, has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this, I will appeal the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Our memory, our ability to remember is a great gift. And the older I get, the more I appreciate this gift And the more frustrated I get when I can't remember. My dad gave us a special gift this year. It was a a memory stick of all of our family's home videos. And um, so here's a video of me when I was four years old. Just kidding. (laughs) You, You wish. You wish. But on, uh, on Christmas afternoon, I, I stuck it in my computer and I skimmed through some of them. And there were so many things that were on there that I had just completely forgotten. I mean, there I was in that particular place, but I just do not remember being there. A couple of days ago, one of our daughters, I think it was Joy, said, Dad, are you young or old? 
And it was very much an either-or question for her. And it seemed like she asked it in such a way that she had been thinking about it for a while and wondering about it for a while. Dad, are you young or old? And I, I did have to think about it for a second, but I said, I'm young. But the older I get, the more I appreciate memory, the ability to remember as a gift, and the more frustrated I become when I can't remember. This capacity to remember is an incredible thing. We have this ability that God, God has given to us. I believe it's one of the ways we're made in God's image. This ability in our minds to go backward in time and to bring back something from the past that we've experienced and to relive it in our heads. To recall it. To think about it. It's one of the greatest gifts that we have as human beings, this ability to remember. And those of you who have relatives that have lost their memory, you know how incredibly painful that is for them as well as for you. To not be able to remember the past, to, to not be able to remember the past is to forget this, this story and this life that we've, that we've lived. The ability to remember is a great gift. Of course, the ability to remember is really difficult, too, because there are some things that we would like to forget. Often we remember the things we'd like to forget and we forget the things that we would like to remember. But the truth is, whether we like it or not, our past lives with us now in the present through our memory. Our past lives with us now in the present through our memory. Remembering is the way that our own personal past is carried with us now into the present. There is a sense in which once the past is done, it's done. We, we can't turn back the clock and do things over again. Once something has happened, it is past. It's done with. But because of this thing called memory, even though the past is done, the past is not done with us. Because of this thing called memory, even though the past is done, our past is not done with us. I want to suggest to you that our past still has work to do in you. Our past lives, uh, they stay with us and it affects us for good or for bad. And for some people, for some of you, the thought of that is a terrible thought. It's torture for you. Your past is a place that you do not want to go. And don't worry, I'm not going to make you go there this morning. But I want to suggest that for most of us, our past still has work to do. And if we will commit to go into our past and to remember our past with God, along with him, if we look back on our past and remember him and his work in our past, even in those tragic and terrible places, then that work of remembering can bring healing and restoration in your life. Throughout the Bible, we are told to remember. I didn't go through the Bible and count them all up, but I wonder... Maybe some of you Bible nerds can look this up for me this week. But I wonder if this might be the most frequent command that God gives to us in Scripture. It might be third behind love God and love neighbor. But it's really close. 
This call to remember, the command to not forget, is one of the most frequent commands that we receive in Scripture. We receive it, we receive it throughout uh, the Old Testament. Um, after leading the Israelites uh, through the Exodus, Moses gives instructions in the book of Deuteronomy. And over and over and over again, Moses says to the people, remember, 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 remember how God led you out of Egypt. Remember how he led you through the wilderness. Remember how he led you out of slavery. Don't forget the Lord. Remember the commands he gave you. Remember, remember, remember. There's a few times in Israel's life where the leaders of Israel said that this moment in our in our people's life is so important that we need to get a bunch of stones and build a big memorial right here in this place so that we remember and so that future generations will remember what the Lord has done among us. All of the festivals in the Jewish calendar year. All of them were given so that they would remember a particular act of God in history. The Sabbath day itself, this weekly uh, resting from work, was given so that God's people would stop and remember God's creative work and his redemptive work. Remembering the Sabbath, resting from their work uh, one day each week was for the purpose of remembering In the Psalms, remembering is modeled for us over and over and over again by those who wrote the Psalms. Those Psalms are prayers, written prayers by God's people in all different kinds of seasons of life. Seasons of tragedy as as well as seasons of joy. And those Psalms tell us that a part of our life of prayer is remembering the work of God in our life. Calling the works of God to our minds, allowing our mind to return to those things that he has done and seeing them again and naming them and experiencing them again in our memory. This is one of the ways, according to the Psalms, that we cultivate intimacy with God in our prayer life by remembering the works that he's done. And what we learn in the Bible is that remembering must be intentional. We need to decide to do it. We need to remember to remember. Sometimes there's memories that come back to us and we don't expect them to, right? You're driving down the road and you're listening to, you know, 60s, 70s rock or 80s and 90s music. And all of a sudden you hear a song and you are right back on the roller skating rink or something, you know. You kind of have that feeling. Um, Man, I have... (laughs) Whenever I hear the song... um, I will do anything for love by meatloaf. Like I am just back in high school again at a dance after a football game. And I don't know why I didn't like that song. I didn't like listen to that song. I don't have the CD or anything, but there's something about that song that I'm just right back in high school again. And we smell something smell so connected to our memory. And we smell that thing. And all of a sudden we're back in that place or back near that person. Sometimes we can't help but remember things, but that's not the kind of remembering that the Bible talks about. And it's not the kind of remembering that I'm talking about today. The kind of remembering that the Bible talks about is intentional. It's it's remembering to remember. It's not the same kind of remembering of things just popping into your head. The kind of remembering that the Bible talks about requires our attention It's the kind of remembering that can only happen if we're willing to shut the TV off and put the phone off in the other room and to sit and to look back and to remember this life that you've lived. 
the gifts that have been given, as well as being very honest about the tragedies, both the tragedies that have happened to you, as well as the tragedies that have been your own doing. To remember and to scratch underneath the surface and to ask the question, God, where can I see your works in that place and time? When we remember in the ways that God calls us to, we will remember that there are times in our lives when we've failed and when we've made mistakes. And we can look back at that and we can ask, Lord, where are you at that? And we can see God's mercy and his grace and his kindness to us in those seasons. You don't have to. as In fact, as a follower of Jesus, you should not look back at your life and remember those things and hate yourself all over again. You can look back and remember those times and see that God loved you in that place of your greatest shame and your greatest failure. And here you are now, worthy of the love of God through Jesus. And so when we look back, we remember those times when we failed, where we've made mistakes, and we ask, Lord, where were you in those moments? Help me to see your grace and your mercy in those times. And we also, when we remember, we can look at those times when we were, when we were better than we really are. You know, those, those times when we did do the secret act of kindness, where nobody else knew except you and the Lord. Or those times when you forgave the person that you needed to forgive, even though they didn't deserve it. Whatever it may be, we can look back and see that that was... Christ at work in you, enabling you and empowering you to be better than you are. We look back and we remember and we give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We remember the wonderful works he has done and that his love endures forever and ever. This is the kind of remembering that I'm calling you today. And I believe the Bible calls us to. It's kind of remembering that we don't do by accident. We have to do it on purpose. We have to remember to remember. And so this year, as we focus on following Jesus together, there were at least three different practices that we introduced you to and encourage you to do or challenge you to do of of practices of remembering. And I want to remind you of those again today and would encourage you to ask the Lord in what way these practices or exercises may become a part of your life in the new year. Uh, The first practice is The practice of confessing our sin. We talked about Broadway being a healing community. And the book of James is very clear that we need to confess our sins to each other so that we can receive healing. Confessing our sin. This is a practice of remembering. Confession is bringing to mind our failures, bringing them into the light rather than hiding them. And we hate doing this. I mean, on Sunday mornings, we have this time of confession, and and I'm sure that some of us, maybe many or most of us, just go, okay, this is this time where we're quiet during the service, and okay, I'll maybe think of something. But I'm talking about really remembering our sin, really bringing it into the light and believing, believing that Christ meets us there in that place. And we don't like doing that. It's a painful thing to do. It feels like death to us. We'd much rather hide those things. But when we fail to confess our sins, when we 
don't remember to remember when we hide our sin, we deceive ourselves. We may succeed in deceiving other people. We may succeed in deceiving and hiding ourselves from ourselves, but we can't deceive God. And so when we hide our sin from ourselves, what we are also hiding from ourselves is God's grace. When we hide our sin from ourselves, what we're also hiding from ourselves is God's grace. Because without the revealing of sin, God's grace cannot be revealed in your life. And so we remember our sin and we confess it to him not to condemn ourselves, but so that we can experience grace. And when we confess our sin, we remember that our hope isn't in our own innocence. It's in God's mercy. Admitting our failures, bringing them to our remembrance and going to God with them is a declaration of the gospel and applying the gospel to your life in that moment, in that place, in that situation, in that thing that you did. It's saying that the gospel is good news for me, not just generally, but for me right here and right now. And friends, once our sin is remembered by us in this way, when it is brought to mind and then brought to Christ in his cross, then healing grace can be applied to us. Then our sin can be forgotten in the best kind of way, not forgotten because it's hidden, but forgotten because it's brought into the light and healed and declared nothing through the blood of Jesus. Confessing our sin is one of our practices of following Jesus together here at Broadway. It's a practice of remembering to remember the grace of God in our lives. A second exercise that we asked you to do was to write out a personal biblical mandate. And a lot of you had all kinds of problems with this. And that's okay with me because I think it's really good and a really important thing. And I want everybody at Broadway to do it. I've actually considered not doing any pastoral counseling with anybody unless they've done this already. So they come and share it with me so I can get a sense of how God's word has spoken to you in your life. I haven't like made that a rule yet, but maybe someday. So a personal biblical mandate was this exercise that we asked you to do to consider your life of following Jesus, whether it had been just a week or so or it had been decades, and to ask what Bible verses, what stories about Jesus, what stories in the Old Testament or wherever they were in Scripture, which ones have found a really soft place in your heart? Which ones have stuck with you in your imagination and have have guided your decisions and have guided your own uh, following Jesus in your life? And what we wanted to say and believe is that that is not an accident, that that was a work of the Holy Spirit in your life to place that particular word in your heart. And to ask then what. What mandate does this give me? What authority does this give me to live and to do or to be or to act in some certain way? How has this formed and shaped me to be a particular kind of person in my relationships with other people? Or for me to be a particular kind of person in the work that God has called me to do? How has this first um, informed the spiritual gifts that God has given to me? And so if you haven't already, uh, we will over the next couple of months be giving some more um, 
instruction and training um, about the personal biblical mandate. I encourage you to do that. Get back your curriculum out and take a look at it again and uh, commit to doing that exercise, that remembering to remember the words that God has spoken to you in your life. The third practice is the daily examine. This is a practice that we uh, instructed you to do that is at best done um, each day at the end of the day where we take five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes and where we play our day back in our minds. And we ask the question, where did I see God at work in my life today? And where did I experience as if God was experience God as being absent or apart from me? Or where did I resist the presence and word of God in my life? In what way did I act in ways that were against my conscience or against the way that the Spirit was speaking into my life? This is a practice of regularly looking back on our day and asking, where were you, Lord? God, what were you doing in me, through me, with me today? It's a tool to help us to remember on purpose, to remember, to remember. So all three of these practices are a part of following Jesus together here at Broadway. Practices where we are remembering to remember God's work in the past so we can better live with him today. Okay, I want to talk uh, for the last little bit here about what the, the Lord has done among us here at Broadway in 2019. And uh, I've gathered these things through my own reflection and prayer. Um, also, by reading through uh, the, the different post-it notes that you all put up here um, about a month or so ago, where you wrote out the ways that God had spoken to you uh, during our Following Jesus Together series, um, as well as I, I, I talked to um, our elders and our staff and some other leaders and just asked them, what have you seen the Lord doing? And so um, there are many, many, many things that I could have said, but I think here are three things that... As your pastor, I want to suggest that the Lord has been doing among us in this last year. I think that the Lord has been opening us up to the work of the Holy Spirit. I see this in in a few different ways. Um, Certainly, um, our Sunday morning gatherings. Um, Broadway has always had a spirit of, of openness and responsiveness. The the adjective that Katie and I first used like seven years ago when we first came to visit Broadway was that, that you were responsive to the Lord. And I think that uh, God's bringing Luke to us, that he continues to shepherd that spirit that's already been there of being open to the work of the spirit among us. And it's, it's a work, the work of the spirit is a, a work that we can sense, but we, uh, we very rarely can plan for it to happen. It's something that we must listen to and respond to, not something that we initiate. And this is something that I'm learning in my own life. Um, usually by, by this time, I have a pretty good idea of what direction I'm going to take the church in the next year. And I really don't this year. And I think that this is um, a way that God is, is teaching me uh, to be open and dependent on the spirit. As well, I think we're seeing this in our Sunday morning gatherings in the way that um, I think it was modeled for us really well by the youth a couple weeks ago. Um, We started uh, the youth service a couple weeks ago with with church clap. 
and then, hold on, hold on. And then we spent 10 minutes doing responsive prayer readings together. And then we finished with the doxology. Friends, that doesn't happen anywhere. There is um, an openness to the work of the Spirit that is both spontaneous and free and also rooted and grounded in truth. That is, um, I don't know what it's all going to look like, but I, I believe God's doing a really unique thing in that way here at Broadway of rooting us deeply in truth through, um, through history and through a, a right kind of tradition and understanding that we are not just here floating in the wind, but we stand uh, with God's people through the great cloud of witnesses that Joe read for us earlier, that we are a part of this great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us, and also that God wants to do a new and fresh thing right now among us. And that both of those things that are usually like a tug of war between people who like one or the other, that those things are going to be brought together in a new and unique and fresh way here at Broadway. We've been open to the Spirit by learning to listen to the Spirit. Uh, we are uh, have a, a couple people, um, Katie and Amanda, and then some other of our counselors and other people who are are thinking uh, through sp- uh, the practice of spiritual direction, which is a practice of listening to God with one another and paying attention to the work of the Spirit in our lives. And I think that there's some some special things that are going to happen there. And I think also, as always, and this is a heart that God has given me, is to continue to be open to the expression of the gifts of the Spirit throughout the congregation. And um, so those... Uh, that the gifts of the Spirit are alive and well among His people, and that if we will open our hands, that, that God will set those things free. And again, I don't know all of that's going to look like, but I believe it's going to be good and it's going to be for His glory. Okay. A second thing that I remember that God has done is that He's calling us to know ourselves so we can know His love for us. Uh, there are a lot of people who have been doing some some deep inner soul work of facing pain in their life, uh, pain that they've experienced from other people, pain that they would prefer to forget about, uh, pain in their life that they've caused uh, towards other people, and they are looking at those things with God and are experiencing healing from it. And I believe that we are being called to to know ourselves truly, not in some kind of weird, um, you know, 21st century, you know, knowing ourself kind of thing. I think you know what I'm saying. But to really know the truth of who we are so that we can then see and experience God's love. I'm seeing that as people are being honest, even more honest than they were before with their sin and their failures. And experiencing God's grace in those places of honesty and vulnerability. But I also think that the Lord is doing is calling us to to deeper community. Uh, that just very much happened uh, this this past fall as uh, so many of you committed to participating in small groups this past year. Um, 
I think you all know me long enough to know that I'm not a person who does a lot of tallying or counting of numbers, but the Lord does something when we go from people, 50 people meeting each week to almost 200 people meeting each week with one another in our homes. God, God is at work there, calling us to deeper places with one another. And in those groups, hearing stories of honesty and vulnerability happening within those groups that one hour a week on a Sunday morning, um, it's, it's not enough to help us stand against the tide of culture. That we, we really do need to be fully immersed, baptized into the body of Christ, into the community of people, if we're truly going to stand against what's coming against us. And so he's calling us right now by his spirit to deeper community with one another so that we can stand with each other. If we stand on ourselves by ourselves we're going to fall but if we stand together uh, the lord is is with us and giving us power together as a community i want to return to psalm 77 and i would like for you to not read it but i'm going to read it aloud for you i'd like for you to close your eyes and i'm i'm going to walk us through psalm 77 this morning um, as as a prayer that each one of us um, can pray wherever we are, whatever circumstance we're going through, a prayer that each one of us can pray. Psalm 77, verse 1. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord, and at night I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. Is this where you are in your life right now? Or can you remember a time when you were in this situation, where you were crying out to God for help? In that time... The psalm writer, as he was experiencing that time, he said, I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about all of the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. It seems here that the psalmist has lost something good that God had given to him. It was something that was there and that was that then lost. And in the thought for him, I remembered you, God, and I groaned. It's, it's kind of unexpected. But he remembered God and he remembered God's goodness. And right now there was an absence of feeling that. And so he, he groans because of that loss. My heart mused and my spirit inquired, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Was he in ang- has he in anger withheld his compassion? All these very real questions that each of us experience. In our moments of trial and pain and suffering, these are all questions that we ask. 
Is the goodness of God for me? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen. Almost always in our life, when we look back at the trials in the whirlwind, it's really, really hard to see God at work while we're in it. But through this gift of remembering, we can look back and see the way his footprints guided us through that whirlwind. In confidence, he says, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God, we thank you for the gift of remembering in both the, the joy and happiness that it brings as well as the deep sorrow that it brings. But Lord, I pray that as we have remembered together with you today, that you would use our remembering for our healing and for our good and for your glory. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.